0: Welcome to Tarot for the Wild Soul, a podcast that explores the tarot through an inclusive, soul centered, trauma informed perspective for growth, healing, and evolution. I'm your host, Lindsay Mack. Hello, loves, and welcome back to the pod. I am your host, Lindsay Mack, and as always, so delighted to be gathered here with you. Thank you for being here. Today, we're going to be talking about tarot anchors for intuition. Three tarot anchors in particular that I think really help get right to the heart, get right to the bone of what it is to, um, expand and deepen and more fully root our intuitive, um, expansion, um, and again, uh, perpetual, development. Before I talk about these three anchors and before I weave in the question that came in from one of you that inspired this episode, I want to just say my piece for a moment, if you'll indulge me, on intuition in general. I have taught about this. Um, If you're more interested, you can look to my offering, Rewilding Our Intuition, because I think it's an incredibly important thing to consider and to anchor in on. You are, we all are already intuitive, period, full stop. I don't mean to be rude, but it doesn't even really matter if you agree with me because it just is. We are, but you are intuitive. Now we have to acknowledge the commodification, the sort of, unfortunately, kind of media angle of what, quote, an intuitive is. So while I totally acknowledge and honor the validity of someone hearing me say, you're intuitive and thinking, no, I'm not. I wonder if you are simply not intuitive in the way that you have been shown or painted and intuitive to be. Because all of us are intuitive. All of us have a channel that reaches, uh, you know, forward and backward in time. All of us have access to our ancestors, whether they're known to us or not. All of us have spirit helpers. All of us have a soul essence that is connected to something so much larger than us. And whether we want to call it instinct or intuition, we've got it. We just simply do. The mind, um, is, is incredible and yet very finite, um, really kind of, uh, relegated to what's familiar and comfortable, what what's known, what it can see. Intuition expands out so much further than that. And you uh, are of and a part of that, whether or not It looks a certain way, behaves a certain way, or even whether or not you're super familiar with it. It's still there. It's a part of you. But not all of us are going to be channeling the messages from the Blessed Virgin. Not all of us are going to be, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it looks very different for everyone. For some people, their intuition is so rooted in, um, interior design it's so rooted in being a stylist it's super rooted in painting there is there in in bookkeeping and whatever profession it's not necessarily the ends to a spiritual life or a psychic pursuit right but it's there it's still there and we still have access to that so i want to begin there because just just because you're acknowledging, well, I, I could be, hint, you are, I could be intuitive. That could be a part of me. I want you to just as equally and fully claim, reclaim that your intuition just might not look like another person's intuition. I am an intuitive. Um, My intuition, it it is what it is. It, it shows up how it shows up. It's not really all that fancy. It's very potent in me. It's very deep. I'm very tethered to it. And it's not, you know, all that uh, exciting in terms of what someone might think like, ooh, an intuitive would be. For me, it's just very normal. So I, and I live a very normal, quote unquote, very normal life and I'm like a person. So it's, and I am a tarot teacher, but even if I wasn't, even if I was doing a completely different career, that intuition wouldn't get blown out like a candle. It would come with me and guide me into whatever I did next, whether that be in a helping profession related to spirit in a direct way or not. So you are intuitive. It's normal to not know what that means at the beginning of your journey. There's a lot of people have a lot of feelings and a lot of strong takes on what an intuitive it is, what a psychic is, how we enhance those things, etc. So this lesson is definitely not helping you to discover what Claire you are and how to enhance that. Um it's not a guided meditation to go off and whatever it's in you. It's a it's a powerful and simple whisper of guidance and knowing that is always available. Sometimes it is completely obscured by whatever stresses noise whatever is happening in our mind. It's a big um, right of passage to sort of sense into what is that whisper versus what's the regular life noise. And I'm just going to be real. My life noise, my mental noise, uh, has gone down pretty significantly from like a few years ago, but it is still present. So I just like, it doesn't go away. You're not left with only channel, (laughs) right? Um, so it's a big process of kind of undoing the stories you were told. What an intuitive is "quote" supposed to look like? Is it scary if you were told that uh, you know the channel is the gateway to all kinds of horrible things? It can be very scary to touch in um, to that. I say, if you're an adult, which you probably are listening to this, um, and if kids are listening, hello, um, you're you're your own parent now. So, yes, when we're children, our channel is open to all kinds of things, and we can have frightening experiences before we understand, like, you know, how to create those boundaries. You can always now say no. You can reframe the entire experience for your inner kid and say, yeah, that was really fucking scary, but now you've got me. Now we're going to move through this together. We can open up very gently on your time and we can say no thank you to anything that comes in that is not something that we want to be engaging with energetically. So it's just a tiny caveat to say. I encourage with respect to your feelings and your opinion, because I do respect it, I encourage anyone who hears this and thinks, I'm not intuitive. I can't hear anything, blah, 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 to just be patient and to be willing to really unpack what your beliefs are. Like, what, it, what would it mean to you? What, what milestones would you hit if you all of a sudden poof, became an intuitive in your eyes and in your opinion? How do intuitives look to you? Because I guarantee you, I know plenty of folks who consider themselves intuitive or psychic or a medium, we're all different from one another, all of us. And we all have different skills. We're all drawn to serve in different ways. It doesn't make us any less or more gifted or connected. Now, why would we want to enhance, expand, deepen into our intuition? Because having and forming and strengthening a kinship with our inner knowing is one of the most important homecomings we can possibly gift ourselves with. It's not that we'll know every answer. It's, it, in fact, it's quite the opposite, actually. The more um, intimate, the more uh, deep a relationship that gets formed with spirit, Um the less we know, actually paradoxically, but um, it's hard to explain that, but I have found that it is really true for myself. Um, We're getting, we're forming a kind of an intimate relationship and bond with that channel, with that part of ourselves. And in doing so, we will bump up against all the things. There's a reason that so many of us were told that intuition was scary and to stay away from it. It's because it's a seed of power. There's a reason that so many of us convince ourselves this isn't me, it's this person, it's that person. You know, they're intuitive, they're psychic, they're this, I'm not that. Yes, you are. You just might be different from how they are shining brightly as intuitives. Right, it might might be that you're shining in a completely different way. It bumps up against all our stuff, all our stuff with trusting ourselves, all of our stuff with our worth, all of our stuff with feeling like we have something to offer our art that innate specialness in terms of the way we would celebrate a child that we we cared for and adored, the way that we would um, honor their unique gifts all of that comes up with intuition. It is a reparenting. No matter how we slice it, it it brings us very directly in contact with our inner kids. It helps us to root into that compass. It does not require us to know how to work a pendulum, to have an absolutely quiet mind, to uh, be here or there, be in a good place, be in a, 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 a quote good place, a quote bad place we just, it's just available. It's just available. And we can start right now by just saying, I'm willing to consider that intuition lives in me and has its own unique, special um, way that it is longing to be tended to, paid attention to, and expressed through me. And I'm calling upon all the wise figures that help me in my life to help to show me how I can best nurture this part of me and tend to the wounding that might be there, sort of as a big briar nettle patch in the way, right? So that is that's where I want to start and I think it's essential to do that because I don't want, this episode to not feel like, um, it's got something for those of you who are in that place where you're like, I'm not intuitive, or I wish I was more intuitive, or I feel like I am, but I have no idea how to start. Um, we're going to talk about three tarot cards that I feel maybe are not the best. One could argue there are other ones or more or whatever, but they were the most important ones that came to mind when thinking about how to start on your baby steps, your ABCs for expanding and making a little bit more room for your intuition to move forward and flourish. Before I get to those three anchors, I'm actually going to start this episode um, by sharing a question that came in from one of our listeners named L. And I think that their question, um, their inquiry, the inquiry that was on their heart really set me up to think about how this entire episode could serve as an answer to their question, as well as um, being a question that I think many of you, um, I've heard from a great deal of you, uh, many of you struggle with and wrestle with. So hopefully it can provide some food for thought. So Elle asks, I had this method of intuition that was personal and unique to me. Then my life changed dramatically and this no longer seems to work. I'm aware that you've mentioned sometimes intuition isn't a fail safe. I've struggled with trusting myself and my intuition way before I found this personal methodology. And now I am really at a crossroads. How do I trust the process and myself when things are no longer how they were? With love, you've helped me through so much. Thank you. Thank you, Elle. So I do want to say, and please correct me if I'm wrong. I don't Know if I've ever said intuition isn't a fail-safe, or maybe I I have um in a in a different way than maybe I'm aware of, but I would be curious to to unpack um what that meant to you. Um if you if that's how it felt to hear whatever I said that was similar to that. Um I'd love to know how that how that kind of landed with you, but that's a separate thing. (laughs) Um, the first thing I want to do is just center you and honor that that is, that sounds so, so hard and super painful and very confusing. Um, so I want to start with the fact that intuition is not linear. Intuition is not linear. What you're going through while so I'll, I'll perhaps, I I don't want to assume, but painful and again, confusing and challenging is really not anything that seems too out of the, out of the, out of the realm for me personally. And I am positive that there are other folks listening to this who agree. Um, there are times when the sun is shining and we do not need an umbrella. And then all of a sudden it starts to storm or the, a different a winter blows in or the fall blows in and we need an umbrella as opposed to a sundress or as opposed to sunglasses or whatever it is. Um, and that's a terrible metaphor, but in a way, I think it it serves something, which is to say that intuition sometimes shows up as an umbrella because it's raining And other times shows up as a pair of sunglasses um, because it's really bright and sunny out. It shows up as a tool and it can take on all these different shapes and forms. There are times when things are so heightened in our lives. Things are so loud, so extreme that our usual methods of tuning in and receiving information in one way or another are not present or they don't feel present because things are so intense, right? That we just simply can't receive in the same way we were used to. Sometimes we move. Sometimes like literally we're in a city and we're in a forest. Intuition will change based on that. Sometimes we grow and evolve and intuition. There's a little bit, I know with my guides, there can be like a sense of them not being there anymore. And then all of a sudden they come back and it's, I don't want to say stronger, but they're present in a different way. Um, there are moments when our process is to tune in very, uh, kind of, uh, specifically as you mentioned, and then all of a sudden those ways don't really serve. And sometimes it's because, The weather has changed in some way, but we're not aware of it. Now, you expressing to me that you've had a dramatic life shift um, absolutely leads me to believe that, of course, the way that you are receiving information or touching in changed because the circumstances of your life changed. What I'm going to say is that doesn't mean that it won't ever come back. It could mean that there is just a different tool available. It could mean that they're still, well, I'm actually going to back up, They your spirit helpers or your inner knowing, your inner guidance system is still with you. But sometimes it just takes a little bit of patience to feel into how it might have changed to support you in a different way now that your life has taken a really strong detour. So, um, What I would say is how do I trust the process um, and yourself when things are no longer how they were, that truly is the million dollar question because intuition, as you so beautifully stated in your vulnerable question, changes like this for us a lot. This has happened to me more times than I can even tell all of you. And what I can say, although you might not believe me, although it might be hard to trust is that it always comes back around. It hasn't gone anywhere. Sometimes things get quieter. They get more staticky. They go way, way far away. Um, They're showing up in a different way. They're communicating in a different way, but they're not gone. So how we trust the process is to stay curious and to just say, okay, um, this doesn't feel, this doesn't seem like we're connecting with one another in the same way that we used to be. Um, I wonder if you could help me to understand what alternate way would be of support right now. And then just stay open, just keep journaling, just keep being present with yourself. It will come back around, maybe the same, maybe more expanded, maybe, um, totally different from before one baby step at a time. That's what we're doing here. Now, in terms of tarot anchors that can help with this kind of, um, both with kind of reclaiming intuition and expanding intuition. Again, I could have chosen a myriad of three, but these three felt the strongest to me, would be the strongest, clearest helpers. Um, And I'm going to start with the first one, which is probably obvious to most folks, the High Priestess. So the High Priestess is not, um, is not, oh gosh, how to explain this card? Um, This energy is ruled by the moon and they're not a person necessarily, nor are they an embodiment, like something to attain or be like, I am the quote unquote high priestess. Obviously that term exists and some folks identify with that. Um, The high priestess as an energetic invitation, especially as an anchor, is the remembering that we are all intuitive in different ways. The moon is always the moon, even though the face changes, even though the amount of light reflected on it changes a little bit every single day, every single night. The ocean is the ocean. The tides are constantly changing. The way that the waves are in the ocean are constantly changing. The kind of sea life that's present at the shore is different all the time from day to day often. There is... No changing the ocean, there is no changing the moon, although the faces change, although the tides change. When we work with the high priestess in general, but especially as an anchor for intuitive reclamation and development, what we are doing is starting with that truth we are the moon, we are the ocean. Our intuition is the moon. Our intuition is the ocean. The ocean does not change. The the ocean, again, is the ocean. The moon is the moon. But we are very spiralic creatures. We are cyclical creatures. Many of us have, all of us in fact, have big hormonal shifts from month to month, have very big mood changes, have chemical changes, have Life changes um, have changes that are very minute. We might feel very connected to different things happening in parts of the world or with our families or even ancestrally, you know the 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 phases of our moon are always changing. The tides in our ocean are always changing. There are times when, intuitive clarity is robust, in fact, overwhelming. And there are times when it seems like it has completely gone away. The moon never goes away. Neither does the ocean. The tides change, the phases change. It's okay. In fact, not just okay, expected, natural, and normal For our intuitive connectedness and the way we communicate with that inner part of ourselves and with spirit by extension, it is expected for that to shift because we are beings that are always shifting. We are beings that are super, again, very changeable, very cyclical, very spiralic. So that's number one. You're allowed to change, nothing can take away from your connection to that place. Even if you've denounced it, even literally, you can't make intuition go away. You can't. That's why I say, you're born that way. <laughs> like, there's nothing that, you know, it's not, it's not like I say. It just is. It's impossible for us not to be connected to something larger than ourselves. However, we might define that. You might define it as instinct. I think that that's just great. I'm not saying that it's not. But that deeper sense of knowing, that that river, we're all tapped into it. So yes, there are times when the tide is high. There are times when the tide is low. There are times when the ocean looks like glass. You can barely perceive it even moving. There are times when it is so stormy that you can't imagine that it would ever be calm again. There are times when it's incredibly murky and very frightening, you know? There are times when it's joyful and warm, like a bath. Um, and it's the same thing with the moon. The moon is a constant, right? What shifts is the light that is, um, well, not literally projected upon it, but the light that either is shining on the moon or not. Right? So there is, there is, we can expect change, but the connection can't ever be severed. In fact, I believe it, it doesn't even end after our human passing. It just continues on, you know? So that is number one. So we don't look to the high priestess, at least I don't, and nor do I teach it this way, as like, tune in, drop in deeply into the self, like, sure, that's all great. The first thing, though, and the most important thing, is to remember that the changeability is a part of it. You can't, however, ever not be the ocean. And that is one of the most important things to know and understand and to take comfort in. That Again, intuitive connectedness, the way that your spirit helpers communicate with you will change. How you are available to connect with them will change. It doesn't ever go away. The second tarot anchor that we can work with for intuitive expansion and development is Two of Swords. Two of Swords is not a shutting away it's not a cold energy it's not pushing anything out or going so far within that we we slice everyone out of our lives it is an example of profoundly important boundaries and the willingness to work with the mind as well as the soul so we are humans we have nervous systems we have brains we have minds Many of us have experienced and live with trauma, if not all of us in some way. Some of us have been wildly traumatized. All of us are working with thoughts and fears and worries and reoccurring things. and all of us have brains. That's <laughs> We all have it in common. And the brain is super loud. It's super pointed and really feels like the dominant, quote, voice in the room. And it's evolved to be that way. It's actually doing its job quite well because it's here to help us to stay alive and to be mindful of of danger and all kinds of different things. Um, And that voice, that um, track, so to speak, runs parallel, runs in tandem with our intuition. The intuition, that core of us, is very soft. The mind is extremely loud, usually. And when you tune in, when you are kind of conversing with that inner knowing, with spirit, it is often a weaving process, moving in and out of those two channels And two of swords can help us to honor, listen to, and tend to the mind, the nervous system part of us, instead of believing that we have to push that away in order to tune in with our channel. In fact, and I'll offer an example from my own life, hopefully it's useful, Um, it's usually about moving in and out of both. So how My process typically goes, um, well, okay, this is one example. Sometimes we start with the mind and sometimes we start with the soul. So I'll give an example of starting with the mind. My mind pops in, as minds do, a very scary or fearful what-if based thought what if this happens? Or could something be this, you know, fill in the blank, terrible thing? It immediately activates my nervous system. I immediately feel anxious. So when that happens, my process is typically to start with an honoring of that and to move into a drop-in, just like wherever I am. And pause and say, okay, feeling that, and call in my spirit helpers and say, hey, spirit, my my mind is saying XYZ. Is it true? Right? Um, I also will widen the gap to my husband, my therapist, m- my teacher, Michelle. Like I will, I will tune in with other people to get alternate support and perspectives. Um, but that's the first place I start like this. What if thing, is it true? Sometimes, um, I will get a very strong, like, yes, it's true. And then I have to pause and kind of bow and honor again and say, what, where did that answer come from? Was that the mind? And then very often I hear a yes. And so then I say, well, thank you. I'm so glad you feel so strongly that this might happen. Thank you for trying to protect me. And then I say, let's pause on your responses. And I deepen into my channel, which is really just a process of taking a breath and kind of moving into self. And I say, spirit, is is that true? Is that necessarily true that this is absolutely going to happen? And then 99% of the time I get a no. So what that helps me to understand is when I get that no from spirit and other times I don't, but if I do, I don't brush the mind away. Then I turn toward my mind. I turn toward my inner kid. I turn toward the part of me that that came from. And I say, thank you so much for this. Or I'm not available to hear this or whatever. I live with pure OCD and have obsessional thinking and have for years, which is why um, a lot of the time for a lot of my work, I was very uh, uh, permissioned to say kind of like, tell your mind to shut up (laughs) because um, it's not telling the mind to shut up. It's, It's being very clear in a very strong way that you're not available to engage with those thoughts. And I don't, if I feel like they're really... Um, again, intrusive or obsessional, but sometimes I will turn to my mind and say, I feel you, you are scared. I feel you, you know, and not getting a yes, but thank you for letting me know. Other times I'll get some kind of download or idea, or there's a pop of inspiration that I know came from some deep place in me. And then immediately the mind has something to say about it. In fact, it literally just happened to me last week. Um, I had been going back and forth on ideas for like, I'd get an idea to do something. Then the next day I would, for projects that are coming up in the fall, I'd get an idea to do something. And then the next day I would think, Oh, it's not quite it. And then I really landed on something very strong. It was super exciting. I was sharing it. And all of a sudden, a few hours later, I started having thoughts about a particular person that my mind has nothing to do with this person. This person hasn't done anything. My mind loves to bring up as, um, it loves to tell me that person doesn't like me or somehow that there's been some sort of projectioning (laughs) happening over that. And then it like, I was like watching a storm come in and then it was self-comparison and like your work sucks and no one even cares about it. It was like a lot of heavy, heavy stuff. And then I was in that for a few minutes and was very aware it was happening and wasn't really going on the ride, but of course it doesn't feel good. And I texted with Michelle really quickly and said, Hey, these ideas that seemed like very big guesses and all of a sudden this is happening with my mind XYZ that means that like I'm on to something, right <laughs> And she was like, yes, absolutely. So I, I share this to say that for me might be different for you, but I think it's true for a lot of us that we can hit a very powerful place of expansion and the mind gets super scared. And in whatever way it can pull us, those thoughts can pull us away from that expansion, from that bigness, from that openness, it will try to do. But it's it's not attempting to ruin us. It's attempting to protect us. The protection is just not appropriate. It's not something that we necessarily want to engage with, right, or, or to take take the invitation on. So I share this because both of those situations are living examples of what it is to do two of swords work. We're watching rather than identifying. We're noticing rather than judging. And we're tending rather than condemning. And those are the pieces that we must call upon in order to cultivate um, the ins and outs of what is typically a very complex relationship, which is That we're human beings with these minds and with these souls and these channels. And it is a wild thing to be carrying both and to be navigating between both. And ideally, we want to be tending to all of it. And Two of Swords can help us, right? Can help us to drop in and get clear and tune in. Um, I find that it's an invitation of getting closer to self rather than pushing folks away. And then the third anchor that I wanted to talk about in this episode is the moon. So um, sure, there are things about the moon that one, you know, it's related to Pisces, which is very, you know, the 12th house is very connected to psychic stuff and intuitive and the mysteries and um, really big endings. Um, The moon is First and foremost, above all things, a card of becoming comfortable and intimate with the unknown. And I think, and this isn't to put anyone off, but I think most people, at least I did, assume that the more touched in with your intuition you become, the more you know, the more you have a sense or there's a sense of safety or a sense of clarity you're given heads up about things all the time. And I have not yet found that that's true. In fact, the only thing that it has provided me with very solidly is a sense of true north within myself when things do go wildly south. (laughs) And um, some sort of root system and foundational homecoming Um, So when things in the world are really wild or really intense or when things in my life feel scary, there is a place to come home to, even if things, again, are wildly um, off the map from where I, I feel comfortable. Intuition and connectedness with Source and with ourselves and with that higher self- don't offer us any guarantees. It's not a magic eight ball, right? It, unfortunately, or fortunately, <laughs> it just isn't. Um, the moon card calls us into situations where, especially if we've experienced trauma, it can be extremely uncomfortable because we're asked to be in the unknown. We're often asked to sit with not knowing. And again, that can be really, really activating and it can pop the mind off. It can pop the brain off very, very easily. So the moon card is a part of the, unfortunately, I think necessary process that comes with expanding and developing intuition because in many ways, even though it's a very watery card, it can really feel like a firewalk. It can really feel like hanging out in holding something that's very uncomfortable it, in order to evolve through it. It's also very reminiscent of our experience inside of intuition because we just don't often know. It asks us, can we be with the moment? Can we be with the isness of what's going on? Can we not? No. Can we acknowledge that we're only given whatever information we're given and that's it? And That we don't necessarily know what's going to happen next, that we don't know if we'll get sick. We don't know. um, In fact, we almost can guarantee that all of us are going to get sick. All of us are going to lose people that we love. All of us will eventually leave and drop these bodies and transition in some way. But how that is all to come about, we don't know. And that is very frightening. And if we can, be with that channel, that those waves of love, those waves of presence that are with us all the time, radiating from our inner self and also from spirit. It can be helpful and it can also help to divest the expectation of intuition as a sort of crystal, um, you know, a mirror of some sort that, that, or a magic eight ball that can just give us any answer to anything, which it doesn't, um, from what it truly is, which is a refuge of wisdom within ourselves, um, a deep refuge and a deep well and something to call upon rather than to bypass from rather than to, you know, there's, um, unfortunately There's so much, I think in ways that are beyond even what people are aware of, to be honest, the level of bypassing that is present in a lot of folks who claim to do intuitive work and maybe are to a certain extent is profound. There is literally no way to divorce the earthly happenings of this world, the sufferings of others. Continued oppression of so many people um, with intuition. There's no way to separate them. When there are people suffering, all of us suffer. When there are folks who, like, there's no way to escape the reality of aging and death with intuition. There's no way to escape pain there's no way to escape responsibility and there's no way to escape, um, necessary repair, um, restitution. There's no way to escape what must be done. And the moon really does hold, there's no way to escape the void really, which is the unknown of it all, you know? So it, it's, this is sort of a, I could go on about this probably and be in conversation with all of you for hours, which is like, how do we square up the idea that we tune in with our intuition to get clarity and we're living in a vacuum and a void where the spiral and the mystery are really what we're sort of working with, you know, like where anything could happen at any moment. And yet the two really do come together quite beautifully. The only thing we can really access with our intuition is how might we be available to meet the moment we're in? Because, and I learned this from Michelle and so much of this, um, has been such an important part of what Michelle has taught me, my, my teacher, but (sighs) things change in an hour. They change in a week. They certainly change in a year in years, you know, plural. And, what works for us in one season might not work for us in another and how we might be available to be with. Like I can tell you for sure when I had to be in the hospital in the multiple times I had to be in the hospital a few months ago um, and my daughter was home and I was incredibly frightened and we were trying to um, figure out, when my husband could be with me, could we have care for her flying my aunt in overnight? Um, I was not sitting in my hospital bed tuning in with the tarot. I was watching judge Judy and the office. And that was the only way that I could greet um, the multiple <laughs> terrors that were moving through me at the same time and the despair and the worry and the loneliness that were coming up during that time Um, was there a why to that? I don't know. I don't know that I even care to know the why. I'm just grateful to be here. That's all. So um, the moon helps us to know how to tend to ourselves in experiences that feel often unendurable and how to keep the connection present when it doesn't feel ultimately accessible. I absolutely believe that my instinct to watch TV, which is such a source of medicine for me and always has been, I don't watch a ton of it, but when times get rough, you better believe I'm heading toward that. Um, along with another, you know, many sets of things. Um, I share that because it was not the time to be tuning in for answers. It was not the time to be pulling from my tarot deck. It was it just wasn't the time. I had no desire. Couldn't even imagine. I was so angry at Spirit. So I believe the moon card presents probably the most realistic picture of what it is to feel and wrestle our way into Making sense of the usefulness of a relationship with spirit and with our intuition for everyday life. Because there's plenty in this life that has no logic to it. We can't understand. It's absolutely demoralizing or horrifying or devastating. And the only thing we can do is evolve through it. The only thing we can do is try to find some kind of centering in the spiral and the moon can help with that. It's also the deepest part of the valley before things begin to stretch out and become more of a field in the sun cart where we do have a little bit more perspective on what we just kind of like, whoa, walked through and, um, or moved through. And then intuitively we can maybe become a little clear. Sometimes it's not for years later. Sometimes we never know. Sometimes things in life are just um, hard, but the moon card can help us over time to build our endurance to be with the unknown. And while this last anchor might, at least in my mind, feels a bit muddier than the other two, um, it's acquainting us with a huge part of what it is to be in intuition, which I just simply don't think enough people are talking about, which is that you are Often don't know. You're just doing the best you can with what you've got. You're tuning in with what you can tune in with. You're asking, like, what would be of greatest service right now? Sometimes the only thing that's going to come up is sleep. The only thing that's going to come up is TV. The only thing that's going to come up is whatever, right? We can't go a single solitary millimeter beyond that. That is a big part of it. If something big happens, if there's a huge transition, we don't have the perspective. The mind's too, like it's it's too much. So we have to be willing to bring intuition into the minutia, into this moment. There, it can be so helpful. It can help us to cultivate resources in those void moments. Um, and I think it is an important anchor. For really finding out how our intuition can be useful to us when things get tough, which that's ideally what we're doing with it. <laughs> it's not so that we can, you know, it. It's so when when things inevitably um, go wrong, feel tough. We have a you know a stormy spot in our lives that we can call upon this compass, you know, this channel within us so hopefully that makes sense, and L, I come back to you and just say, I'm loving you through this, even though we don't know each other, <laughs> I am, I'm rooting for you, um, and you are not alone, this is a very common thing, and I am excited to maybe hear from you again about how that's changed over the next few months, what you're learning from it, And um, I'm really bowing to you in the journey of this evolutionary process and in how tough it is because it can be super confusing and really strange and that is a really big part of the spiralness of intuition that it can sort of feel like it's floating away and yet I often find it just changes shape and often becomes a lot stronger and sturdier within me. When these moments happen. So please do keep us posted on how things are feeling for you inside of this. Um, and I'm wishing you all the best with it. Thank you all for being here. Um, I'm excited to connect with all of you next week. And until that time, please take exquisite care of yourselves.